You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your brains, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, AJ Andrews of JaysFromTheCouch.com. It is very late on a Tuesday night. Honestly, after I'm done recording this and posting this, I'm going to try and go right to sleep because that isn't something I've been doing lately. Even went out today and bought one of those like weighted blankets just so, you know, hopefully it just keeps me from waking up at 9 a.m. in the morning, which I know is normal for y'all, but definitely not for me so fingers crossed hopefully I can avoid that hopefully I'll have a little better luck than the Blue Jays did tonight trying to hold an early 4-0 lead that they could not do losing 9-7 to Boston in the opener of a three game set in Buffalo we're going to talk about that in a couple of storylines from that game a little later on, but let's save the negativity for the end. And let's talk some juicy hot trade gossip. Yeah, I think we should do that. Because the Blue Jays are in the rare position of being all right enough for the playoffs, which as many of you long Suffering Blue Jays fans know 500 was this team's MO for most of the 2000s, and usually that wouldn't be worth a dang with the Yankees and the Red Sox being their usual selves and dominating the division. However, in this crazy mixed-up season, 500 is a playoff spot, and there aren't a lot of contenders around the Blue Jays. It's like, what, Baltimore and Texas fighting them? Like, are you worried about Detroit or Kansas City? No. Worried about, well, Boston won tonight, but still, that pitching is not going to do anything. So, Toronto basically has the playoff spot by default. And they're looking to add. And from the sounds of it, they're looking to add big. Um... There have been rumors flying all over the place. Um, and what I want to do is actually combine a couple of them into something that I have actually heard from sources in one of these organizations. And let's start with uh, number one. MLB.com asked their writers to make a bold prediction for the trade deadline. And Blue Jays writer and friend of the show, Keegan Matheson decided to take the stance that one of either Lourdes Gurriel Jr. or Teoscar Hernandez is going to be traded. That is a very bold proclamation and kind of makes the outfield competition seem like it was never really a competition to begin with, the way they were looking at things. Maybe getting Austin Martin in the draft kind of helped that but 
until we actually know how ready Austin Martin is for MLB baseball. It it seems a little rushed to trade either Teoscar, who is tied for the American League lead in home runs now with 11, or Lourdes Gurriel Jr., who signed to an incredibly friendly deal. Um, he signed that seven-year, $22 million deal, I think, four years ago. So, still got a couple years left on that. Seems to be working out pretty well in left field. So, what would convince the Blue Jays to actually part with one of those outfielders? Well, as we noted on this podcast on the weekend, one of the things the Blue Jays are looking for is starting pitching because they don't have it. They can get five innings out of guys, but that seems to be the max if it's not Hyunjin Ryu out there. I mean, Chase Anderson tried to go more than five, but he walked Mitch Moreland and Wilmer Font came in. And I'm going to save talking about that because right now if I do it, I'm just going to be angry. So let's continue on. They need starting pitching. There aren't many teams that are selling starting pitching right now. Um, There's the Angels, who are taking offers on Dylan Bundy, along with infielder Tommy LaStella and catcher Jason Castro. Um, Castro apparently has some value to the Blue Jays. Bundy obviously would be a familiar arm to get in the AL East, but, I mean, come on. We kind of torqued Bundy a bit. So, the Angels don't look like a great fit. However, there is a very friendly GM in Pittsburgh who almost let the Blue Jays come in and play all their home games at PNC Park, and who's very familiar with the system, who has some starting pitching that he might be willing to part with. Obviously not Mitch Keller. Mitch Keller is the future of that franchise. But... There are guys like Trevor Williams and Joe Musgrove, the former Blue Jays draft pick, and Chad Cool, who are all apparently on the table. And not just the starting pitchers, because I have heard from my source that not only are the Blue Jays and Pirates already talking about some of that starting pitching. But also Adam Frazier, the second baseman slash outfielder, basically another version of Kevin Biggio, is also being included in those trade talks. So that's a pretty steep price. If you're getting Williams um, and then Cool, Musgrove, Uh, You can throw Derek Holland in there as well, the lefty veteran who's been all right for them. Um, That's a lot there. So if they get two starting pitchers and Adam Frazier, that's going to be a fair price to pay. And one thing the Pirates don't really have is an outfield outside of Brian Reynolds. As I said on this program, they DFA'd Guillermo Heredia, who was supposed to be their center fielder, and quickly proved he was not good. Gregory Polanco has just cratered 
Um, so not very valuable to Pittsburgh either, but he is the National League version of Chris Davis and that they are going to have to eat that Gregory Polanco contract for a little bit. So, they would like an outfielder. Blue Jays apparently seem to have an outfielder on the market. Now, giving up the American League home run leader would... That would make you think that the prospect cost would be a little less for the Blue Jays. I've I've said TJ Zoic is likely going to be available. Um, the recently DFA'd Thomas Pannone, likely going to be available. His DFA actually would... Take him just up to the deadline, I think. The deadline is Monday. I believe he was DFA'd on Sunday. So, yeah, it would have to be a trade before then. But you could easily throw him in there because, I mean, the Pirates are going to need arms. If they trade away all their starting pitching, they're going to need arms. They're going to need someone. I mean, they can't hit. Lucas Giolito no-hit them last night. Or, well... Tonight, as of recording, likely last night when you... Yeah, they they can't exactly go into this just bare bones. They called up one of their top prospects in JT Brubaker. Um, trading all four of those gentlemen I mentioned would leave them with basically Stephen Bro. Um, which... You know, that's that's not a great spot to build a rotation around. So getting a couple guys who do have starting experience, who are young, controllable arms, would be very attractive to Pittsburgh in this exchange. So Pannone and Zoic, I threw out there. Um, the way Teoscar's been playing, that might be all the Pirates actually need, because I thought in the past it would take like um, like a Kendall Williams to also come over. But... Apparently, according to my source, this is just getting bigger. And the Pirates' biggest trade ship right now is Josh Bell, their first baseman. Who um, isn't off to a start that is really up to the level that we think Josh Bell can hit at. But he still offers a fair amount of consistency. And with the Blue Jays saying that they're getting Vladdy Jr. some work at third base, they already have Rowdy Tellez and Daniel Vogel back now in uh, in the mix. It's very possible that Tellez, being a couple years younger than Bell, becomes a very attractive option. And maybe you include Tellez and one of those... Uh, pitching prospects that we talked about that's a little further down, like a Kendall Williams or an Alec Manawa. And maybe that gets Josh Bell in the fold. Really depends on what you're looking for. But apparently this is getting big. This is starting to, to spiral a little bit. So is it going to be as, as big as Bell, Frazier, Williams, Holland... For Teoscar, Rowdy, Zoic Pannone, and, and Kendall Williams? Probably not, just just because of how this season's going to work. But don't be surprised if it's at least a five-person deal between these two teams when it's all said and done. And Teoscar could very well be a part of it. So you may have to brace yourself for it. I, 
If I have to trade one of those two, I would trade Teoscar before Lourdes, just because Lourdes plays better defense. And I eventually see Teoscar as a DH type, and the Blue Jays have a lot of those. So, sorry, Tio, I love the home runs. I really don't like you letting balls go under your glove. So, that's where I stand on that. Where I also stand on breakfast today is with our sponsors at Built Bar. Built Bar is awesome. They make a tasty protein bar that it's eats like a candy bar. It melts in your mouth. It's nougaty soft and easy to chew. I had the German chocolate cake one this morning and it's uh, the, the rich deep chocolate is just so good. Like it is what I needed in the morning. And then I wasn't even hungry until supper, which is pretty nice because, you know, like I said, I've been trying to lose weight and Built Bar can help you with that. And they have a bunch of other flavors. You don't like chocolate? You can get apple almond crisp or lemon almond cheesecake or carrot cake with walnuts or orange or cherry or any one of their flavors you can get an entire box of. And right now, if you go to BuiltBar.com, and enter the promo code locked on, you'll actually get $10 off that order. So that's a pretty good deal. You get uh, like 18 bars in a, in the mix box, and then I think you get 12 in the single flavors. So what are you waiting for? Go to BuiltBar.com, enter that promo code locked on, get your $10 off, and get some tasty protein bars in your pantry today. You are locked on Blue Jays. Your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Alright, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this game because watching this game made me sad. We've been saying all along that the Blue Jays starting rotation, failing to get innings, was going to be its undoing. And lo and behold, behold, Wilmer Font comes in. And is the primary factor in the Red Sox notching a six-run sixth inning that put this game out of reach. AJ Cole tried to come in and limit the damage. He couldn't do it. And then after that, it was turned over to the lower rungs of the Blue Jays bullpen and Travis Bergen and Sam Gavilio. And can I just say... I don't think Travis Bergen is going to be on that lower rung for a little bit because he looked really good tonight. He pitched one and two thirds innings, got three strikeouts of his five outs, just allowed the one base runner. And like he was locating very well. He has that falling off the mound motion, but it was it was adding the oomph to his to his slider that, you know, was Dueling the Red Sox hitters, and he it was talked about on the broadcast that he knows he let the doubts creep in when he was in San Francisco last year, but now that he's back in familiar organizational grounds, I mean, that first outing was the sign of someone very comfortable staring down some of the best hitters in the American League East and just deciding to make them look foolish. So, with Ryan Barucki having the control issues that he's had, and Anthony Kay potentially ticketed for a move to, to the starting rotation with all the injuries there, just until they can get the Pirates 
reinforcements in. Travis Bergen all of a sudden is a very important part of this Blue Jays bullpen in that he is the lefty who can get outs. And that is a really nice thing to have, especially when you have other guys in the bullpen who are prone to blow up situations. And I am sorry I am done with Wilmer Font. I cannot, like, I know he has times where he will just go and fire gas and be practically unhittable, but he blows up way too often. When he does not have the zip on his fastball, it gets squared up and knocked into the outfield, and there's nothing that can be done. So I am done with Wilmer Font. And it was a decent Blue Jays offensive performance, too. Like, seven runs. Only one of them came via the home run. That was Teoscar's 11th in the ninth inning. So really, it's a sort of game that the Blue Jays should win this season with their pitching staff, you know, being on point. But sadly, Wilmer Font did not allow that to happen. When you have an on-base percentage against you of 800 in a game, it makes it very hard to fathom why you should be allowed to stay. Sam Gaviglio wasn't allowed to stay. He had to be banished to the alternate site for a few weeks before he got to come back. Wilmer Font doesn't have the same amount of options that Sam Gaviglio has, but maybe that's for the best because, you know, Nate Pearson is supposedly throwing and someone's going to have to make room for him to come off the I.L., And I would much rather keep Bergen around. It could just be Sam Gaviglio just because he's already been optioned. But Wilmer Font is dangling by a thread in this Blue Jays bullpen. And he has to be very careful before he gets struck out. And, you know, the underlining factor is he did it to himself with his inability to maintain just soft contact. Maybe he can be bold and and try and find... Yeah, I can't work italics in there. I tried. I tried to do that, but... Who knows? Hopefully that's the last chance I'll have to make those Wilmer Font puns. Because watching him puts me through Helvetica. There we go. I got it in there. Anyway... We'll be with you tomorrow for the second of three against Boston. No idea who's starting. So that'll be a fun surprise when we tune into the broadcast and see what's up. So if you want to follow along with me as I do that, um, I will be missing part of this game because I have softball. But... Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at A underscore J underscore Andrews. And when I come back in, I'll see what I can see. And hopefully I will be in a better mood than I was tonight. Just keep the pressure on Blue Jays. Jeez, you get bases loaded in the first two innings. Uh, anyway, you can follow the podcast on Twitter and Facebook at Locked on Jays. You can subscribe to the podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts, you can subscribe to make sure you don't miss an episode, especially when I'm recording late night ones like this. But hey, still Tuesday night, so still counts. Anyway, I'm going to go to bed. 
So until tomorrow, for everyone at the Locked On Podcast Network and everyone at jsmernikesh.com, I'm E.J. Andrews. Thank you all so much for listening to tonight's episode or this morning's episode, whenever you decide to listen to it. It's your call. You control this podcast. Don't forget it. And take care.